On today's episode of Broadcasms, I welcome my good friend Scarlett Bjornsson. Our topics include managing our mental health while in isolation, attack and shaming culture, and reconnecting with our fellow neighbor. So this morning I was talking with my friend Scarlett over our little morning coffee jams where we just ramble on about anything and everything that comes up. And today we stumbled across a few topics that seem quite profound for this point in time during the pandemic. So welcome Scarlett to Broadcasm's podcast. You are actually my first guest. Oh, well, that's exciting. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah. So stay relaxed in this because, you know, that's when we're at our best. But this morning we were talking about the mental health aspect of things and how we're dealing with this pandemic. And you and I speak very candidly with one another. And I speak quite openly about, about mental health and managing and how we're coping through this. How have you been doing? How have I been doing during this global pandemic? Um, <laughs> I have been okay. I have uh, certainly last week was a struggle. Um, I didn't, I, last week there was no motivation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that really affected how I showed up in absolutely everything. I just, when I woke up in the morning, I just couldn't, there was no get up and go. There was, there was just lay here forever <laughs> feelings. And so um, this weekend, what I've um, come to realize is that I for sure need to get um, better at managing my, my mental health at this time, just because it's, um, we, you know, we don't know how long this is going to be and there's so, so much uncertainty. So the, the things that I can control um, are the ways that I show up. So um, yeah. So, and just to be clear, you're, you're in isolation, but you're still working from home. So to give a little background on what you do, can you tell us some more, please? Yeah. So I am marketing communications coordinator for Bissell Center here in Edmonton. Um, and my job is to tell the stories that are happening within our community so um, that it garners interest and attention so that people know that um, <clears throat> how and how they can help people who are experiencing homelessness, but also that it's a real problem still. So to, to explain what Bissell Center, Bissell Center is for those who don't know. So it's a nonprofit here in Edmonton and our goal is to eliminate poverty within our community. Um, we do that by ways of uh, employment programs, childcare programs, housing programs, um, financial literacy programs. There's so many different um, uh, aspects of what Bissell Center does. It's, it's, a, it's a big, um, there's a lot of cogs in the wheel there. Um, and so that, th- that's our mission though, is to get people up on their feet um, and moving and living towards um, a prosperous life. So with, with what you do for Bissell Center, can you tell me how working from home, managing this very, um, very real aspect of homelessness during this pandemic has been affecting you mentally? Yeah, it's been really exhausting because I can't put the information down because right now with the nature of my position as well, I need to be hyper-informed as to the decisions that are coming out of the government of Canada, the uh, government of Alberta. I need to be paying attention to what's happening in the media, like nonstop. I have to be searching um, these, these things, paying attention to all of the numbers and all of the different social distancing rules and everything. I have to go and seek it out instead of like, we're all just being bombarded with it and you can't take a break. Part of my role is to actually go and find those things. And also 
pay attention to what's happening with other nonprofits throughout Canada and actually throughout the world, just so that we are on top of um, not not just the conversation, but the decisions and um, the impacts of what of what COVID does on on this community. Mm-hmm. So it's so, been it's challenging to just like, I don't get to put it down, and when so, I do put it down, I can't pick it back up. Right. So it's it's challenging in the way of mental capacity. Would that yeah. be fair? Yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. And and you and I this morning were talking about um, we're going to kind of s- slide over a little bit and and stay on topic of mental health, but I want to shift the the gears now that people have yeah. a background on what you do and the mental capacity that is required of you to put this information forth and to cope. We're also dealing with a lot of attack culture stuff within the media right now. And it's really yeah. difficult for us to even know what to believe, what's real, how, you know, is any, because let's be very honest, a lot of people are also talking about conspiracy theories now, and there's no right way or wrong way to be approaching this. I think everybody's doing the best that they can with the abilities that they have, with the background that they have, but it's also very triggering when you're sourcing out media that needs to be correct and factual. Yeah, like, yeah, a hundred percent. So that's, it's, there's so much information out there and it, it, there's factual information, misinformation, um, lots of opinion, so, so much opinion. And it's, it just doesn't stop. It just, it, we're being bombarded a hundred percent of the time and it's challenging to yeah how, how do you sort through that how how is me how am I supposed to know what's what's fact and what's not fact well and then when you start putting in other people's feelings and opinions and the thing <clears> is <throat> is that I find that people will argue with your feelings right now because they need to be right they need to feel safe so in order for them to be right and feel safe they're in that fixed mindset and they will argue literally argue with you about how you feel about something yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. And in my opinion, I think a lot of people are overstepping boundaries just to attack and to feel heard and to release emotion. And and, and we've all got this pent up energy because we've been in isolation. Yeah. For at <clears throat> least thirty days. Oh yeah. And yeah, there's so much uncertainty of we don't know when we're coming out of this. We don't know what the next few months are going to look like. Some of us don't know when we're going to be going back to work. You know, for some people they're making more money collecting the benefit right now and they have that sense of security, but some people are trapped in abusive and domestic violence relationships and kids aren't able to go to school where they might've found their only solace from, and their only reprieve from an abusive home life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's affecting us all deeply on various levels. Well, and you got to think, um, no, nobody has a sense of any kind of control right now. So we are looking for ways that we can, what, well, what can I control? Kind of like what I said earlier, like I can control my mental health in this. So I've got to find those avenues, but how they're controlling their own, their own selves is, oh, well, I need to make sense of this. I need to make sense of this right now. So I'm going to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole because this is making sense. Like Mm -hmm. this can't just be this global pandemic that's happening. There's got to be something that's driving this. Right. So, um, and people are, yeah, the attack, attack culture, that's because they can control that. They can control their own opinions. They can control their reaction to somebody. 
And so that's coming up more prominent because there's nothing else that you can control. And, and let's go beyond the attack culture. It's not just attack. People are shaming right now, you know, and, and we're shaming ourselves too, but people are shaming up, you know, people are shaming others for their opinion, for their beliefs, for the ways that they're coping. How are you coping through this? What are some of the comfort things that you're turning towards that you wouldn't normally turn towards, or that is your place of feeling safe? Um, so I'm eating a lot more. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I love to eat. I love, love food. I've always loved food and really good food, but now I'm just eating to fill a void. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, that's okay. I'm I, like, we were talking on the phone earlier. I'm, I'm putting on a little bit of weight, which I have a really hard time putting weight on and keeping weight on. So I'm enjoying this for now. I know that eventually the scale will tip and I'll need to, you know, work towards something else and find a, a healthier coping mechanism. But, um, other, you know, other ways I'm, you know, you and I are talking on the phone every day and because of the nature of my job, um, before we weren't able to do that as much. Um, and then just making sure I'm getting, you know, when I go to sleep, I'm meditating and making sure I do, you know, two or things, three things around the house before I go to sleep, just because those things help me cope because those, again, back to the, those are the things that I can control in my life. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and I think that's really important. I, I, I believe now the ways that it's a, I too have turned to come to food for comfort yeah. Um, I'm not consuming alcohol as much as I normally would, would have Yeah. on, you know, when I was out in the social, social aspect of, of life, um, I'm consuming yeah. way less alcohol than I was before, but food has become a comfort thing for me and not just to, to nourish myself or to find comfort, but I'm, I'm seeing that I'm doing it mindlessly. I'm, yeah. I'm walking to the fridge because I'm bored. And then what's happening is I was sick for a couple of months. I had shingles and then an ulcer. And then I had that flu that really had me worried about, could this be COVID? And if it is COVID, what does it mean? And who does it affect? And have I infected anybody? You know, so there was that mental health aspect of it too, of stress and worry about what, what if it is COVID? And for two out of the three weeks, I had no idea what it was. It was the worst yeah. flu I'd ever had. So, yeah. Um, and well, and I want to just talk about that coping thing for a minute. So I remember the very first week of this whole thing I had, and I, I'm sure you'll remember this too. I had a half a glass of wine and I felt like I was at Disneyland. Yeah. That first week working, you know, I was working crazy amounts, 12 hour days. And I had a half a glass of wine and instantly felt like it took 15 minutes to feel like life was breezy. And I thought, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah. this, is da- yeah. this is dangerous and I definitely can't go here because uh, I love how I feel and I don't have any qualms about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so um, we're, reaching for, we're reaching for those things that give us, that, give us that comfort because there's just, there's not a lot of comfort being provided out in the media. We're seeing the good stories, the good news stories about the nurses and the doctors and the frontline workers, grocery store people. But um, on the same hand, it, it, yeah, there's, there's just this, what, how, how do we gain a healthy way to, to, to be? How do we, you know, with, you're, and you're right about the whole um, uh, mental health aspect of the, even just getting sick. 
And then what if it's COVID and what does that mean? And did I get, you know, there's so much pressure right now on each individual to stay healthy and to follow the rules that, you know, people are starting to crack. Well, and it's, I think it's an unrealistic pressure. It is what we have to deal with, staying home, staying safe, isolating, you know, social distancing, all of this stuff is very important to staying healthy, but it does play against your mental capacity. And I'm of the belief that if you are not mentally well, you cannot be physically well. So I've noticed just in my own um, mind and body aspect that um, I don't have anxiety around this, but Uh the uncertainty, the boredom, the not being able to get up. And and now that I'm starting to be healthy again, I can get up and start moving. I did yoga two days in a row and I've been walking again. And I just, I feel like my body has betrayed me that I don't even know it anymore because it's so weak and sore and achy. So then that plays into my psyche also. And I start shaming myself. Yeah. Because I've put on weight. I'm not as strong as I used to be. How am I going to lose this? And, you know, body positivity is something that I've been, you and I have both struggled with all of our lives. We're either too thin or I've been either too thin or too, too heavy. You know, um, I've had medical professional kind of passively shame me for putting on weight. But then when we weighed myself, I was the same weight that I've always been. And it was like, oh, well, maybe it's just redistributed itself, you know? So then I carry that. And all of this right now, the last thing that we need in our world is shame. When we're going through this, we shouldn't be shaming people for how they cope. You know, we're all seeing things from our own lens and our own perspective and our own fears and our own programming and belief systems. And it's really hard to comprehend how, what works for you to cope doesn't work for another person and how they, there's a lot of projection about how people should be doing things. And that just comes from a place of fear. Yeah, a hundred percent. And because you have a way that you are and that you need, doesn't mean that's how your neighbor Joe is just, right. you know, Joe, Joe doesn't have the same needs. Joe, he needs to keep his hands busy. He needs to keep, you know, he needs to have a project. Right. But, you know, somebody else might need to journal. Somebody else might need to have a, a different, or they for sure have a different way that they've got to deal with something. I know that I'm, you know, I'm discovering so many things about myself that, oh, I really do like to keep busy. Mm-hmm. I really do like to keep busy, not, <laughs> not busy like I've been with work. I mean, it's been better the last week. That's a hundred percent true. But, uh, you know, I, want to have those little projects around the house and I want to complete them. And those, that feels really good to me. But so with that, what's happening is because I'm working from home and I've left the rat race, I do have this deep, and we've talked about it, this deep decompression happening where this get there, got to be there, got to get that, got to do this, got to do that. That's going away. And I really love that that's going away. But now, you know, there's this opportunity to to build something. But when you're facing, when you're looking out in the media and you're like, Oh, I wonder, you know, I should order these planters and start a garden. And then people are like, don't go buy seeds. That's not an essential service. And it's it like, has yeah, actually been deemed an essential service. Thank goodness. Well now, thank God. Thank goodness. But, um, on, but on the other hand, it's just like, yeah, but I also need things to do. Like I want to follow the rules. I, and, and I do follow the rules and I'm don't touch your face and wash your hands and masks and the whole thing. 
and it's just like um, there's there's I don't want to say it's unrealistic expectations for, to put on people because we have to meet them if we want to flatten the curve. Yeah, but but we going, also have to, go ahead. You still, you go going out in public. Like I've I'm not wearing a mask right now, but yeah. I'm doing I'm I'm going through all the other measures of social distancing. I have hand sanitizer everywhere. So I'm constantly sanitizing when I'm out. I don't touch my face or do all of those things, but I go out and I feel guilt and shame because I see some people who have the gloves on, who have the masks on and other people who are like me and don't. And then I feel like I'm being judged. Yeah. And there's so much judgment happening right now. And I read something the other day about how we're we're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. And what works for one person is not going to work for another person. And, you know, like seeing people without masks, if you're practicing all of the, the safety measures, I'm not going to judge that because a mask actually makes me feel very claustrophobic. Yeah. And causes anxiety. So what doesn't cause anxiety for me is making sure that my hands are washed. I'm not touching my face that I'm wiping down the carts when I go to the grocery store, that I'm limiting my interaction publicly, those types of things. We're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. So how we manage, we don't know if somebody's an alcoholic. We don't know if someone's, you know, man managing mental health issues where they need to garden or somebody needs to keep their hands busy because they might be triggered in this isolation time by themselves. Well, and you got to remember that we're coming out of you know, 50 years of hustle culture, yes. 50 years of like, you got to be busy. And if you're not busy, you're not contributing to society and then you're worthless. So yeah. there's a lot of underlying um, belief systems that are, you know, really coming to the forefront because we're told that being home and being still is our job right now. And people are so challenged with that because our whole lives we have been taught, oh, you're, you know, if you're sitting down watching TV, that's lazy. You're, you're rotting your brain. You know, the things that we have been taught um, are part of the, this big unraveling that's happening right now. Um, and of course people are not following the rules because they can't, they can't comprehend that they have to be different during this as well. And how, and how you just co completely hundred percent change your personality, you know, and what it's been 30 days at, in, it's been a month. So, yeah. Well, and, and there's, there are a lot of business coaches, a lot of life coaches. There's one in particular, I won't name any names, but his belief system is if you want to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and you're at work and you've got other activities going on for like 15 hours a day, what are you doing with the rest of your hours? No, oh. you know, and, and that mentality is what causes anxiety with a lot of people. This is the, yeah. the hustle culture where it's like, if you're not, you shouldn't be sleeping, you shouldn't be eating, you should be doing, yeah. doing, doing. So if you want to start your own business, but you have to maintain a career right now in order to launch that business and support that business, then there should be no downtime. And that's actually very toxic coaching because it creates that anxiety. I had that mentality. And yeah. then when, when I'm sitting here doing nothing, I have guilt. I beat myself up. I should be doing something. What should I be doing? I'll phone you. I'll phone Marlene. I'll phone other friends. And I'll be like, I feel like I should be doing something. What should I be doing? Nothing. Nothing. You should not be doing anything. Well, and like, Oh, I had a really good thought and I was going to go somewhere. Now it's gone. It just left. <laughs> but, um, well, oh yeah. And it's like, 
in those eight hours that I have, so I'm, I make a modest salary. I have a job that, that fills my bucket a hundred percent. I don't feel the need to have a side hustle. Do I want to be wealthy one day? Like stinking rich, wealthy? A hundred percent I do. If that doesn't happen, I'm okay with that because in those other eight hours that I have in the day that I'm not sleeping and that I'm not working, I'm living a life. I'm living yes. a life and I'm loving the people that I, that I, that I'm close with and you know, that I want to, um, I'm playing with my dog and my kids and, uh, I, I've been really challenged with the hustle culture for the last couple of years. And it, really since I've got out of real estate, it was just like, what is all of that for? Yeah. What is all of that for? But, um, I can't, I can't imagine being those people who have to go, 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 go. And now their businesses are, are halted. Well, and, and I run my own coaching business, my own, uh, for, for mental health and, and awareness, uh, abuse awareness. And, yeah. uh, and I work a job also. I was working a job until this happened. So yeah. all of a sudden I was like, okay, great. And I'm a writer. So I'm like, now I have time to write my book and now I have time to create more content, more podcasts, more this, more that for my business. And then all of a sudden I felt that I didn't have the mental capacity to do that because I had nothing else outside of this to stimulate yeah. my brain. Yeah. And then all the guilt and all the shame was being compounded and I was still, and I was sick through all of this. So that hustle culture has created a mentality that doesn't allow people to be still. Yeah. Because then you're self-shaming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is a real opportunity for many people to give themselves a real break. Mm -hmm. When's the last time, especially, especially let's talk about just specifically people who are on EI right now. Chances are if you're on EI, you have worked or hard serve. Yeah. or serve. You've been working really super hard for years, working super hard for not a lot of money coming in. Mm -hmm. Right. The bulk of, I would say the bulk of people who were, had the massive layoffs were not necessarily on the low end of the, of the, uh, but I mean, we're talking our service industry. We're talking so many different industries had massive layoffs. Hospitality, travel. Hospitality. Yeah. Travel. Um, those aren't high dollar paying jobs, but no. it's an opportunity to have a real break, to put your feet up and take a deep breath and what, what is the life you want to create? Um, but also ease into that. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to, if it's okay, if you're just surviving during this, I, you know, the memes that you go around. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. Okay. If you just survive. Yeah. Th that one meme that said, if you don't come out of this with a new skill, new yeah. knowledge or a side hustle, <laughs> it's not about lack of time. It's about discipline. And that really pissed me off because, yeah. because I, advocate for mental health. And I get so deep into that. And I've seen, um, I've been in an abusive relationship and a lot of my clients are coming out of abuse. It's yeah. not about that. It's, it's about physical capacity. Do you have the physical, physical capacity to do it? Do you yeah. maintain mental capacity to do it? Because this is, we're in a time of crisis and trauma and yeah. we're not even going to be able to process any of this until we're out of it. So it's very difficult to process a crisis when you're in the midst of it because you're in survival mode. You're in fight, flight, or fawn. So this yeah. is all about how do I survive? What does that look yeah. like? And your adrenaline is pumping all the time. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, th there's this survival mode that's happening. And then down the, down the road, it could be 
a year before we're out of this. It could be a couple of months. We don't know. But then when yeah. we come out of that, we're going to have to have time to process. So I felt like, and let's talk about financial capacity, you know, mm -hmm. to, to create a business, to maintain a business, to take courses, to gain new knowledge. Yeah, there's a lot of free stuff out there. But you've also got to have the financial capacity because if you're worrying about finances and you can't properly feed yourself, then there's a lack of nutrition that you're getting and you're eating processed foods and your body's going to feel worse and you're going to feel sluggish. So there's different kinds of capacity. And I don't think there's a place in our society right now to be shaming one another for how we manage. No, there isn't. There, you know, there isn't a place to be shaming anyone ever. I don't like cancel culture. I don't like shame culture. I don't like any of it. I don't like the call out of the neighbor um, just randomly because uh, whatever, whatever the thing, maybe she parked on the curb, you know, like we, we look for ways to be pissed off with one another. Mm -hmm. We search, we search them out. We seek them out. Um, and, and we take everything personally and then we get on social media and it's attack time and yeah. it's time to shame. And then, you know, go as far as to adding a picture and be like, if you know this person, uh, spread the word because they're dangerous. And it's like, you know, as, aside from child abuse, sexual assault, um, robberies, like a real hardened criminal. No, humans are allowed to make mistakes. That's what, that's the very essence of what a human is. Trial and yes. error. Yes. We're allowed to make mistakes and we're also allowed to have our belief systems to have an opinion that goes against yours without being shamed and slandered for it. And what I've been seeing on social media has been absolutely gross. People oh, yeah, are, it's been, awful. it's been awful. People are like in this attack culture, it's only amplified during this time. And yeah. people are outing. Do you really want to believe, would you really want to make a purchase from somebody who believes in this, that, or the other thing and naming them? And naming them, like enough, 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 enough. That's actually I had not a, legal. That's slander. That's, yeah. that's character assassination. Well, I remember this one time, in this, not during this pandemic, it was when my mom had, was going through all of her surgeries for her brain. And I got home from wor or work or the hospital and I was taking my dog for a walk. And I just had, my brain was full, I was, but I knew I needed to get Nola out for a walk. So I grabbed Nola and we head out for a walk. Well, what did I do? I forgot dog bags. And, you know, we're walking down the road and, you know, she does her business, big old number two on the neighbor's yard. And I start bawling because I forgot the dog bags and I didn't want anybody to think I was an irresponsible dog owner and that I was just going to leave it there. So I'm calling, I'm bawling and I go up to the neighbor's door or to the door. And I'm like, just want you to know that this is not on purpose. I'm going to run home and get a bag. And she just looks at me and she's like, I have a bag. I'll just give you one. And I'm like, that's what we need. We yeah, need to compassion. help each other. Compassion and help each other. Maybe that person doesn't know. Maybe her brain, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, is 100% more that's going to do better is if you go and give her a hand or him a helping hand or have a conversation. Like, you know, um, instead of immediately just on the attack always on the attack. Like, why? Why do we want to attack each other? What, what is this about? It's not helping anything. It's not helping one of us. 
No, and and that's the beauty of what we need right now is more compassion, helping one another, being able to yeah. say, how, how can I best serve you? You know, and shaming someone is is not an effective way to help them. Yeah. But it but shaming somebody is an effective way to distract from how you can be helpful. And yeah. that's where a lot of this comes in because people have gone straight to the blame game, the shame game, and, and they're not stopping and saying, how can I help you right now? Oh my God, you're having a breakdown because your dog took a crap on my lawn. It's okay. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in somebody's life. To me, it just looks like you're out walking your dog, but that's your moment where you have five minutes, 10 minutes to yourself to process what's going on with your mom and her brain surgery and all of this trauma that you've been dealing with. But from the outside looking in, everybody's got an opinion. Well, 100%. And we don't know, like, all the cliches that are out there, we have no idea the battle that's going on within that person. Mm-hmm. We have zero clue what that person has been through up until that point in their life. And then when you talk about even some of our elderly community, they've had 80 years of shit going on. Mm-hmm. Can we give them a break? Can we give them a break? Is it irresponsible that they go out most of the time? Yes, right now, but they don't know another way. And so let's give each other a break. Let's offer to be helpful to each other. Let's reach out and not just say, how are you doing? But can I help you? What do you well, need? And, and, and I, I think this is a really good time to address something else is that there's a difference between wanting to help someone and wanting to be nosy. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know where I'm going. Yes, I do. Um, Yes, I do. Is your, your concern genuine or is it just a way? Cause there are a lot of toxic people. And, and, and I want to talk about social media in particular here, because this is where a lot of people connect right now is through social media and have been over the years. But you know, we've got a, Social media, Facebook in particular, at one point became the, oh, let's be Facebook friends. And that was my business card. You know, Facebook yep. became a business card for networking. Yep. So there's a lot of people. I've got over a thousand friends or so on Facebook, but I'm not friends with them. But people no. start overstepping and thinking that because they've been following my posts for 10 years, all of a sudden they have an idea of who I am. Yeah. And I talk, I advocate for mental health. I advocate for domestic abuse survivors and I bring awareness around those conversations and I've been bullied all of my life. So I also talk about online bullying. And if you've been following me at all, you know that this is what I talk about, but all of a sudden someone wants to show concern for my mental well-being. Yeah. And these people aren't friends. They're just Facebook people. So there's, there's a difference between reaching out yeah. And being nosy is what yeah. you're doing helpful. Is what, it, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for you? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this because I need to be right or because I need to come in and be the savior or am, I, or am I doing this for you because I have genuine concern? And I guarantee if more people asked that question to themselves before they did their reaching out, it would be self, more self-serving than it would be selfless. Yeah. They'd mind their business actually, yeah. Yeah. if they actually ask themselves. But like I had, 
I had somebody say to me, you know, I'm concerned for you and, and started projecting a lot of their own experience onto me. And then yeah. they wrapped up the, the whole paragraph of, um, it's probably none of my business, but, and then when I told them that it was none of their business, the mask fell and all the toxic self-serving ways of why they were reaching out came to the forefront. Yes. If you need to start, here's the thing. Unless this person is somebody you know genuinely, like you have a real relationship, you and me, I can have the, this is none of my business, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm, this is what I'm seeing or feeling. I, you and I can have those, talk, those talks, yeah. right? If you don't know the person, if you've never laid eyes on them, if you've never said words to another human, like in person, if you start a sentence, it's probably none of my business. You're right. Stop right there. Exactly. Stop right there. Stay in your own lane. And listen, I'm not about staying in my own lane. I think we should always color out of the, out of the lines. That's all like reach out, do what you can. But in that regard, please. I'm not talking about this with a stranger. I'm not talking about this with somebody I don't know. I don't need to. I'm not required to. You want to talk about it because you want to get in. You want to get in. Mm-hmm. And I have protections up. I have boundaries up because I'm not just letting anybody in. And right. what, what had happened with, with your situation was it was appalling. It was immediately yeah. projection. It was immediate projection. I'm just, I don't, I want to make sure. Um, I can't remember how it went exactly, but it was just like, ah, that's an assumption. And the gas. Yeah. yeah. And then the gaslighting and yeah. gaslighting was coming. And a lot of people don't understand what gaslighting is. And then when you tell them that they're gaslighting you, they get all offended. And yeah. gaslighting is simple. It's making me believe that how I feel, think, or behave is wrong or didn't happen. And you're making me feel crazy. It's dismissive. Like she was yeah. telling me that I didn't have the right to feel the way I felt. Yeah. And how I should have responded in order to make her feel better about how she violated my boundaries. Well, and, you know, let's talk, to talk about the, the most funny part about it is that she had no idea how you felt. No, she just she assumed. She no clue. She just assumed that you were reeling. Well, listen, my friend doesn't reel about things anymore. No. Nobody's, no, that, that's not happening. So it was just like, listen, listen here, lady. This did, this did not come from a place of pure, positive selflessness. This came from a place of, I'm going to put my nose where it doesn't belong. Yeah. And then when, when she was set straight that her nose didn't belong in my business... Well, then it was your problem. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't even, then, I don't even want to get into what happened after that, but it was, a, you know, yeah, we're not doing things and I'm saying we, but we should be approaching things from, as you said, yeah. am I doing this to make myself feel better or am I, am I doing this to genuinely be helpful to someone else? Yeah. Because if it's just to make yourself feel better, like those people who do good deeds and then post about it all over social media, that's not about helping someone else. No. That's about no. self-gratification. Well, you know, because I live in that world, there's a lot of people out there who want to do good and they want to show that they do good. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of that's really, really powerful. 
but when you can tell the difference when it's for likes, mm -hmm. you can tell the difference when it's like, Hey, look at me over here and I'm doing this great thing. And, um, I come from the state of mind where anybody helping is, 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 is powerful just because of the community I work with. Very, very vulnerable people who are not housed. So right. if, if somebody wants a photo op, then, then that's fine. Okay. But we'll just get the product to the people that need it. And okay, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. But um, we have to really look at like, what is your, what is like the self-awareness to ask yourself, what is driving this? Mm -hmm. What is driving What's the intention? You? What's your intention? Is your, is like, is this coming from somewhere? Where's your, where's this deep um, yearning to have people, you know, n not go without, Let, let's get into that. But you know, people, it's all, it's a surface level. Yeah. It's surface and, level in it. And people yeah. are bored right now. People are very bored right now. They're going stir crazy. You know, yeah. they might be isolated by themselves. They might be isolated with their, their spouse and their kids. Who knows? And there isn't one or the other. Like some people are saying, oh, someone who's isolated by themselves, they're facing loneliness. I'm actually not facing yeah. loneliness. I'm quite content and actually relieved that I am yeah. not isolated with anyone else. And the same <laughs> thing where it looks like with other people, because I can hardly stand myself sometimes. <laughs> you know, oh let's God, be real. I'm so sick of myself. I'm so sick of my own thoughts. Uh, yeah. And isolation looks different for everyone. And I think people are bored and they're looking for a way to feel important and to feel needed. But how we go about it right now is it's yeah. such a walking on eggshell time because we don't know what anybody's dealing with. Yeah. We don't know what anyone's dealing with. We don't know what any, anyone's deal with, dealing with. And you know, my, my wish and my hope, and you know this, um, just for knowing me so long is, can we all just be looking out for one another mm -hmm. instead of, instead of monitoring and policing one another, can we flip it? Because we're not the, we're, and I, and I don't think there are enemies, but we're not enemies of each other. We're no. all, we're all going through something. We all have something to give to, to one another. We all have um, some kind of, and, and I, and I don't mean like we should all be one happy family because that's unrealistic. If you have a family, <laughs> if you have a big family, you know that that's not realistic at all. But yeah. what, but this, like the brotherhood of man is, um, and sisterhood of, of women. Well, that one's getting stronger, but when did we stop looking out for our neighbor and judging? Our now neighbor? we hide from our neighbors. Oh God. I go outside and I'm taking the garbage out and I'm, there's my neighbor. I, I hurry and get in the house. Why? Yeah. Why? Our sense of yeah. community is, has got an opportunity to redevelop and reconnect like that neighborly <laughs> feeling and the, the neighborly um, attitude we have. I'm actually very lucky where I've got some, some fantastic neighbors where we look out for each other. Yeah. But there's you are, still yeah. that sometimes I want to go out and not be seen, not be heard, don't want to talk to anybody. And it is like sneaking around my own home to well, avoid certain conversations. That somebody knocks on the door. I literally oh don't know if I want to like run in the hide under my bed. Yeah. I didn't even know I had it. a doorbell until it rang the other day. Oh, yeah. And I, and what I thought was, 
the audacity. You know? <laughs> How dare yeah. How dare you ring my doorbell and make my dogs bark? Now you've yeah. totally disrupted everything in my house. <laughs> there was that comedian, that Italian comedian. There's a he's got his thing on Netflix, and I don't know his name right now. But we would just have a cake ready in the 80s and early 90s. We would just have snacks ready for company. Company that wasn't supposed to be like we had no plans for company, but you never knew because you were having yeah. company. And somebody, you'd get a knock on the door and it was your aunt or uncle or your, your mom's best friend or something. that's like, oh, I was in the neighborhood. Great. I'll put a pot on. I'll put a pot of coffee on. Oh, I have this coffee cake just laying around. Perfect. Yeah. Come on in. Come but on in for tea. Now it's like, hey, do you want company? Oh, well, I've got to go to the store and I've got to pick up snacks and I've got to do these things and I've got to do my hair and I've got to do my makeup and I've got to, do, I've got to get ready and clean the house. And it's just like, uh, okay, well, I, I was just happy with coffee. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I found really, um, comforting in the time that I was sick, uh, was people were just popping by. I got a knock on my door one day, one Friday afternoon, and I opened the inside door and looked out and it was three, three friends sitting on my balcony, cracking a beer. Yeah. And we had social distancing through the, through the door because I was still sick, but you know, it was, that kind of, that was, I thought that was nice. beautiful. I it loved was, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And people just dropping stuff off and sending me a text. Hey, there's stuff at your door for you. It was so moving. And I, yeah. for someone who has such difficulty asking for help yeah. and receiving help, it was such a heartwarming time for me Yeah. to be re reminded that I matter to somebody. And in the end, that's all we want to know. Yeah. That's all we want to know. When we know that we matter to another human, we act differently. We feel differently. Um, we show up differently. And mm -hmm. it's not about valid. It, it, maybe it is validation and, you know, validation gets a bad rap. Sometimes I need to be validated. Sometimes I do. And I'm not ashamed of that. Um, and yes, it's all about going within and learning to love yourself and things. But sometimes that extra you know, like a card on your birthday, little things where it's just like, Oh, you thought of me. That's, that's really lovely when you think that nobody's thinking of you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I what I, I know cause I was over here cause I don't have a vehicle. So, um, I couldn't come and show up for you in those ways. But when people were doing this for you, I was so pleased. I was just like, Oh, you know, she's getting love and that's beautiful. That's lovely. Yeah. And there are other ways to show each other too. And, and we've been doing that, um, for years by having our daily calls or, yep. you know, when we get busy, sometimes it's a weekly call, but either way, it's how we show up. And I think that is how I want to wrap up this podcast is asking ourselves, how do we show up for others? What is our intention? And yeah. um, how can we best be of service in a time like right now. And that could be as simple as staying home and keeping yeah. your loved ones safe or making a pot of soup and dropping it off for someone you love. Yeah. I think, um, I appreciate the ways that you show up for me and thank you for showing up today to have this conversation. We covered a lot like we always do. Like we always do. Well, thank you for <laughs> even, even considering that I have something to say. So <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you for inviting me. And thank you for inviting me. And uh, I just, I love you and I'm so proud of you.
I love you too. Thank you. Take good care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe and stay well.